0: just a heads up, the episode you're about to listen to is about Dracula, directed by Luca Berkovici and written by Luca Bercovici, Jeffrey Levy, and Chris Verweil. Some relevant trigger warnings for this movie include vampires and gaslighting, and our hosts ranked this movie as rockin'. If you'd like to learn more about the movie discussed this evening, please visit our website, progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, for show notes. After the spooky music, we'll talk about the movie in full, So be forewarned, there will be spoilers.
1: Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. (laughs) Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. It's December, and we're diving into a very special figure in horror, the Lord of Vampires himself, Dracula. Tonight, though, we're talking about the most 1990 horror comedy ever created, Rockula. I'm your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of Cinephiles and Cinebites. First, here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary, my co host, Ben Conn. Ben, how are you tonight? What a truly terrible movie that I deeply enjoyed absolutely and uh, the cinnamon roll of Cenobites our co-host Emily Martin how are you tonight Emily
2: this is why I do this show this is it this opening of my heart to these things that I would not otherwise see or find I agree with Ben it was terrible and thoroughly enjoyable
1: thank you And the person who brought this to us tonight, our friend and senior editor at Mad Cave Studios, Lauren Hitzhausen. Lauren, how are you doing tonight?
3: Doing good. Thank you guys for having me. I love Rockula. It's not even an annual tradition to watch it. It just makes me happy knowing that it exists and getting to enjoy how over the top every single part of this movie is.
1: I just really, I want to talk about Tony Basil who plays the mom in this. She's fifty-three in this movie, and she is making the romantic lead look milk toast. Like she's no, she's amazing. fifty-three
4: in this movie. She was doing
2: is- choreography for Mick Jagger and Bette Midler.
4: Is she an entire catering staff? Because she is serving this entire
1: movie.
4: <laughs> she is she
2: is multi-talented. And for
1: people who don't know. Tony Basil is also responsible for the song Hey Mickey, which is, is a cover of a much worse version of that song. But if you've ever seen the video to this, she is in a cheerleading costume leading a group of cheerleaders while singing this. This thing was filmed in 1982, which means she is right around 40 when this thing is made. And she is wearing her cheerleading costume from when she was in high school as as the head cheerleader at her school in Las Vegas. And, like, dancing around and singing this song and, you know, with this team of cheerleaders. And, like, she's written that. She is astonishing in this.
4: What we're trying to say? A fucking icon. Yes. Literally. Absolutely. My very first note after complimenting the legitimately wonderful animated intro and judge me if you will. I welcome your judgment. I just have my notes. Oh, comma,
1: milf. Yeah. That's I rough. I feel like. What Tony Basil is doing in this is what every drag queen I've ever seen is trying to do in like in history. Like they're they're trying to live up to what she is doing in this movie.
3: And it's this unfair
4: to which I want to be Tony Basil in this movie is off the charts.
3: I'm obsessed with every single costume she wears yes. because they're all night like fashion in this movie. These these bows and the cute little hats and then towards the end she's got this flamingo hula skirt four inch heels solo dance number it's amazing and her bat titties yes her
4: character is a gun-toting harem having vampire mama this is the greatest character of all time. Yeah, this is this is basically Lady Dimest- Dimitrescu, but, like,
2: regular-sized. All they did in Resident Evil is just make her big, because they couldn't get
4: fucking Tony Basil to play her. I legitimately wanted to write a series that is just her character doing shit and just change the name, because who the fuck cares enough, like, about Rockula that could also afford a lawyer to stop me? This movie is
2: really crazy, and I gotta thank you, Lauren, so much. Yes, thank you for Lord. bringing this, movie, this to us.
4: This movie is a joy. I will say, the Rapula scene alone is enough for me to go. How does this movie deal with race? Badly. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's still but, is slightly less racist than John Hughes, though. Yes. Which but is, I mean, over, Rapula scene aside, which, hey, if I can make it through the rap scene in secession, this is of a kind. What a. Deeply enjoyable addition to the vampire movie canon, especially to the degree that being va- about vampires barely matters. This is some weird
2: lost ancestor of what we do in the shadows. Like this movie is like if what we do in the shadows and weird science had a baby, and okay, I just no then nothing else.
4: That what we do in the shadows, to the best of my abilities liberally stole from this movie for yes. its Nadja and Laszlo plotline in season one with the ever resurrecting lover that's actually that you think is destiny, but is actually just a loved one killing the person over yeah. and over again in a ridiculously specific way. Because like I say what we do in what we do in the shadows absolutely stole from Rockula?
2: Yes. Absolutely. It's like discovering the missing link. Because I thought I knew all about the vampire originally on this show was introduced as the certified vampire aficionado. I thought I knew everything there is to know about vampires. I was tired of vampires. And now I'm like, no, I was wrong. I missed Rocula.
3: I've always been a vampire kid. Like, And I guess now I'm an adult that enjoys vampire media. But I had kind of the same reaction the first time I saw this because it it falls into little tiny things that you wouldn't think about otherwise like there's a very brief moment where you see Ralph picking up blood that's dropped on his front porch by the red cross like in little bottles like the milkman except it's blood by
4: far one of the best fictional universes to be a vampire in like the sun like the sun doesn't bother you you can eat both regular human food and like up to and including garlic, you can just get blood delivered to your door through Grubhub. I assume... you
3: can buy your favorite Spears.
4: Yeah, <laughs> like I love the extent like to in which the song. Like, this is all the of easiest the... universe to be a vampire. Like every vampire star is like the curse of being a vampire. This universe, it's fine. It's great, honestly. No worries. Nobody at any point vampire... is stressing over
1: being an immortal. I love the extent to which all the vampire lore is handled by like somebody who's taking screenwriting 101. That they're like garlic. I don't care about sunlight. So like, oh, he's in sunscreen. Yeah, <laughs> blood. They blade from the red grass. All that's handled. Now let's just tell the love story. We don't deal with vampire shit. I don't. Want can to deal he with.
4: fly? The character himself seems rather unclear if he can.
3: Yeah, It's been so long way. since he turned into a bat. There's
4: yeah. scene where he himself clearly thinks he can fly and then doesn't. And I feel like that's a thing either you know you can do or you can do it. So. At 300 years to figure that shit, that's a yes or no question, Ralph. Who, by the way, I love Ralph. A great, just like, hapless protagonist.
1: It's such a hapless protagonist name, too. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. Even- Nobody had ever named their vampire Ralph before. I feel like they were like, what have you never heard? What would you never think a vampire's name would be? Oh, Ralph.
3: Ralph Alpha.
4: Before Ralph himself. Life, there's one moment almost right at the beginning of the movie that really encapsulated my experience where it was like some legitimately clever comedy writing that made me wildly confused about what the rules of the world are. And also left me delighted by Tony Basil's performance. And it's right in the beginning when she's introduced, when he asks his mother, like, how do you put your makeup on? And she just snaps in his face, this!" which, for the record, fucking facts. That is yes. the way you get good at makeup. <laughs> yes. But also I'm like oh that is clever writing just this diva of a vampire who still insists on perfect makeup even without a reflection. But then 20 seconds we learn vampires absolutely do have reflections and those reflections talk to you. I, what is this world? Well the, the
2: the thing about Ralph is that he's bad at being a vampire so I think all of the vampire rules for him are fucked up. Because he's so bad at it. So I have many I questions about Mirror Ralph. Yeah.
1: Do you want to go ahead well, and jump into the yeah, let's, family?
2: Let's recap this part. Okay. <gasps> so we got Rockula. It is directed by... uh We've got Rockula. It's directed by <laughs> Luca Berkovici, who also directed Ghoulies, amongst other things. Do not edit written. that
4: out. Please keep We Have Rockula Stare Into Space. We still have Rockula.
2: We sure have Rockula. That was a beautiful
4: moment. Um, <laughs> Thank I you. I that one.
2: The movie is written by Luca Bercovici and Jeffrey Levy, who is a director of at least one episode of every 90s sci-fi drama TV show, according to my research. And Christopher Vile, who directed or no, t- who wrote Who is Cletus 2? I've never heard of the film, but it has a bunch of people in it, like a Christian Slater and stuff. Anyway, was there a Who is Cletus One? Oh, this is to, to like the French. Oh, oh U-T. I do like. Yeah. Got it. Slater, I was thinking you... it was a sequel to another. Maybe I mean there was a. I think there was a Cletus in, mentioned in this film, so it might have been just like a story about that. So um, it's one cohesive universe. The, yes, the Cletus, the, the, the Cletus universe in
4: Venom Two. Let there be carnage. The only superhero film ever made.
2: Sure. So, uh, Rockula stars Dean Cameron, Tony Basil, Thomas Dolby, Tony Ferre Ellis, Bo
1: Diddley, Susan Tyrell, and others. How did we talk about this movie for so long without mentioning Thomas Dolby or Bo Diddley? Or in this because
3: to Tony Basil? It's just Tony. She's she's such a force. Everyone does great, but anytime Tony is on yeah. screen, you forget everything else. Girl, the world yeah. stops. So, Let yeah.
2: me set the scene here. Imagine. The year nineteen ninety, the most nineteen ninety you can imagine. If like, you can't like the imagine the place where that. the
1: Foot Clan hangs out in the first Ninja Turtles movie, yeah, <laughs> that's you a good are, reference. That's, that's a very great. good reference point for what is the most nineteen
4: ninety place I can imagine.
1: There's You're kids smoking, watching. There's there's skateboarding on a rim.
2: MC Hammer do his dance. Max Headroom is selling Pepsi Crystal. I cried Pepsi Crystal after watching this.
4: Yeah, just somewhere go in look a bar. Up. Next Generation is playing with no sound on.
2: Yeah, like, no callers Next Generation. Everybody's just got jumpsuits on. Anyway, so just look up what all the things we said, then you can imagine what we're talking about, and then dial that up to 11. Or
4: you can just watch these Oingo Boingo-ass opening credits. But I love these opening credits. Very- <laughs> They're wonderful, the opening credits. Like, I legitimately love this animation.
2: Yeah, no, the animation's great. But, you know, you, it's a pretty obvious that they would have loved to have Danny Elpin in this movie. Way out of their price range. Somewhere in hip urban northeastern city, USA, near the Foot Clan hideout, we find Ralph, the 400 year old, 30 something teen vampire played by Dean Cameron. He is a loser and a virgin, and still lives with his mom, who is Tony Basil, the total milf and MVP of this film. But Ralph is so uncool that his toxically masculine confidence, quote unquote, is forever trapped in his reflection, which he has, but it's cursed. He is cursed. He is so lame that he can't seem to hook up with the love of his unlife, who has been endlessly reincarnated every 22 years because she keeps getting killed by a pirate with a sparkly peg leg and a ham bone. While out drinking with his friends, Ralph talks to Chuck the bartender, who's played by Susan Tyrell, Axeman, who is Bo Diddley, and another guy who I can't remember who he is. He explains to them his predicament. He has found this reincarnated girlfriend, Mona. Played by Tony Ferre, but he hasn't met her yet. She's the lead of a hot new band that sings over monkey sounds and is possibly oh, well. <laughs> this scene where she first sings feels like Peter Murphy scene in The Hunger. I don't know if that's on purpose, but she is in a cage and she's singing, and there are monkey sounds. So, well, but not a single monkey.
4: This movie no monkey. really thinks animal sounds count as instruments. Because at a certain point, every song will feature multiple werewolf roars. Do
2: you know why that is? Thomas Dolby is why. He sits on a keyboard with all of the sound effects on it and then he mixes it and it somehow sounds good. I like Thomas Dolby. Oh, but this is the movie for you. This is the movie for me. So. Ralph is egged on by his awesome and adventurous mom and his quipping reflection. He hatches a plan to impress Momina. He's going to get a band together. He teams up with Chuck, Man and the other guy for an ongoing montage of attempting different musical styles, even though Bo Diddley's right there. And finally, he decides on Rockula. It's the title.
1: <laughs> Novelty act is what he settles on. Also, Bo Diddley is like playing guy who plays guitar good at a bar. Like he's not specifically Bo Diddley. But his character doesn't have a name other than X-Man. He's just a guy who's least skilled.
3: I think he says like 15 words in the movie. I, I
2: don't maybe. remember him saying a single thing. But My
4: favorite thing about the entire Rockula persona is that then leads to like Stanley trying to threaten to out him as a vampire, a man who is already publicly performing as a rock and roll vampire.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about Stanley. Hold on, though. His songs are like the equivalent... Of diary comics, basically, right? <laughs> yes. And, like, yes, You're All like, I'm a vampire. What yes. yeah. not my cave from
4: years. I live with my mom. <laughs> okay, you know, if you've ever seen mm-hmm. Eight Mile, the part where Eminem oh, makes fun of himself, so oh, just movie predicted Eminem. Eminem. Has nothing to work with. That's his entire discography. Yes, like
2: the whole Rapula scene. Sorry for getting ahead, but I was gonna make a joke about how that shit just predicted Eminem. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Stanley right now. He is the profound obstacle in the union of Mona and Ralph. Other than Ralph's painful awkwardness, that is. Stanley is played by Thomas Dolby. He is a fashion victim and an advertising dilettante. His ads are too long. He sells cars, coffins, etc. And he you always- say seems-
4: fashion victim. I say fashion villain.
2: He is fashion. He's just fashion.
4: All uh, of b- it. B- b- fired- his, his business- what was it? What's it called? Stanley's Stanley Death Park. Stanley's Death, Park, is Death Park, Park, yeah. So, Which, as far as I can tell, sells cars, music equipment, and cryogenics.
2: And coffins that turn constantly, so <laughs> <you're laughs> yeah, they're yeah,
4: relatively... I forgot about the rotisserie coffin.
2: So Thomas Dolby Stanley, he drives a steampunk car. He always is surrounded by weird, uncredited ethnic entourages um, that are sometimes yes. incredibly... The car uh, that a
4: vampire should be driving.
2: Yeah, his car is fucking rad. Stanley wants Mona for himself and is motivated by the mysterious fortune teller, Madame Benoit. Yes, that
3: Benoit. Right. <laughs> but it's the first time I've seen this movie an embarrassing number of times that I've never bothered to read the Wikipedia page. I had always assumed it was French. And so in my head, it was like B E N O I T, maybe, right. and not actually benoit benoit well that's the nice thing about watching the show with captions
2: which i always do for the for the podcast because um sometimes the edit or the the sound mixing isn't great but yeah benoit by the way does anyone want to explain to our listeners what benoit is if they don't know
4: it's the balls on the chain and you put them in the places that are your body yes and that's my pg-13 ish explanation of Benoit balls.
2: It helps your spots get tight, so you know you can crack Satan's dick with the divine kegel. Anyway, thank you. That's a key and peel joke. I I think it was just an
4: anime coming out this season.
2: That would be great. In fact, Madame Benoit is very, very motivating. She is powerful, and we'll find out why later. Ralph and Mona continue to bond through various baffling musical numbers, including but not limited to Rapula. And a level of critically meta duet that they sing over barrel fires and homeless children that is actually then revealed to be a music video that premieres on MTV that they made together. Deeply
4: unsettling moment of what is reality.
2: Yeah, this movie like really just caressed the fourth wall with eye contact in a really, really like uncomfortable way.
4: So I I um, think it's important to note if you haven't seen the movie, this movie features Long sequences of entire songs happening. It is not a musical. Every song in the movie is being actually performed within the universe of the movie.
3: Yes, yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot that's of it on awesome. stage, and then you've got Tony's incredible after dinner oh, song my God, and dance and- routine. Yeah. So finally, with Stanley on his case and Mona already disillusioned
2: by fame. Ralph has finally decided to admit her to her that he's a vampire and tells her the whole plot conceit about the reincarnation. This and his mother's floor show at dinner is a bit much for Mona. She can't handle that level of talent. And she decides to ollie out. Uh, but she is late to her ollie appointment, so she changes her mind and ollie's back in. Time is running out for Mona is fated to die on Halloween. This time, Stanley is our evil pirate who has decided to go, quote-unquote, save Mona from the vampire, directed to do so by Madame Benoit. At the Halloween party, which of course is a thing, Stanley captures Mona and tries to club her overhead with the ham bone that he harvested himself from a real pig so he can keep her forever frozen in his cryogenic coffin. Ralph then appears at the last minute and fights Stanley, and they fence with the pig leg and a uh, ham bone, respectively. Mama Vampire Feedy shows up and reveals that, as Madame Benwashi has been the architect of this legacy, of well, the recent installment of this legacy, and therefore... By association, the entire legacy of Ralph's dying girlfriends as some kind of diabolical rite of passage. Ralph is finally passed as he defeats Stanley by turning into a fart bat, freaking about so bad that he falls into his own cryogenic self help coffin that makes dick jokes. And now the day is saved. Mona gets to live and mom is forgiven for all the murders because she is Tony Basil and has more talent than this film deserves. Did she you know that film spelled backwards as MILF? And what of Ralph's smart-ass reflection? Well, apparently, he could have just broken his way through the mirror this entire time and become Elvis with three hot backup singers in amazing orange houndstooth bodysuits. And the credits roll as he sings a song about his dick and plays piano on a guitar. And that's Rockula. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Clap, 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 clap. Thank you.
2: I couldn't hear any of the other claps, so I saw them. Since this That's is cause... an audio medium, I will tell everybody that I
4: totally saw them and they're totally real. Oh my god, what a wild movie! Where at no point did I have a grasp on reality. <laughs> this movie is such a treat. What? Ralph gets beat up in his own romantic music video. It's
2: yeah, he like sings his song while on the hood of a car that just hit him.
4: Look, yes. Yeah. Space is smashed into the window. So long. Who was driving? I'm, I
3: think the camera brother based off what I know, like
4: of the rest of the movie. I think
3: that it's Mona's bestie with like the really cool hair. Like oh, goes out said? there and sings the Mona song President. with the three girls in the communion dresses. What I are want
4: those church girls <laughs> at club hell. What that is was going a... on? With that was Auto Mona's race?
2: idea. We know who to blame. They say it in the, in the show and they talk. Oh, the, yeah. They say, oh, the kids were Mona's idea. And I'm like, cool. Now we know who to blame. <laughs> I like, really want a Pinterest. I just need to make a Pinterest board that is based off of the fashion of that Edith head chick.
4: I very much love Mona's Belma friend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Delma I, friend is, we were really hoping that she would save the day. I, I'm sad she didn't, but, you know, Fart Bat was pretty
4: good. <laughs> I, I was hoping um, she would end up with Mona. Just Mona and Velma run off.
1: I, I I gotta give it up for this villain. I mean, Thomas Dolby is great, but the fact that uh, this guy is uh, Mona's ex who, like, kind of wants to be with her doesn't really seem all that attached, but, like, you know, ideally they'd be together and go so far as to, like, try and hunt down a, a sparkly peg leg and actually kill a pig himself and then serve the ham that he is the pig he has killed as part of the like catering for this band it's like it's I not, love we love a thrifty building that's it's the only decadent, good business not decision stingy.
4: he makes in the whole film Stanley Was- is
3: investing his in his ex-girlfriend's music he's running a used car lot slash coffin sales no,
4: area Target the target audience the for novelty store? coffins outside of me. I, feel- I would buy the, I would buy that coffin. I, I would buy the coffin that let says them. Can I record the things that my
1: coffin says?
3: Why do you have to yell at yourself?
1: Honestly, like, Stanley was probably not terribly successful in 1990, but if that business was on Twitter, he would blow the fuck up.
3: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I would be interviewed on every podcast. The first time I saw this movie, I thought that it feels like it deserves to be one of those things that's played at midnight in movie theaters. Like it feels like it needs to be a Rocky Horror type thing. I want to see people acting it out while it's on screen. I need to see someone doing the come to Stanley's desk part just dramatically, with the there's Vegas showgirls that he's dancing with surrounded by coffins. And it's just, it's beautiful. He is a highly fashionable used car salesman, but he's selling coffins. For the and record, just-
4: if I die in an untimely death, I do want Thomas Dolby and Vegas backup dancers, like, is performing at my funeral. <laughs> I want
2: Danny Elfman. I'm going to go for the fucking, I'm going to aim for the top. I, love-
4: I want Danny
2: Elfman to, like. You know, do a funeral procession for me and do the, la, 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 la. I have those kids from that movie who were definitely not singing in Rockula. They were definitely synthesized, you know, older people voices that made, made to sound younger. <laughs> and I want them there uh, or, or they're like whatever modern equivalents singing the Danny Elfman songs they have Elvis impersonators. I want a Danny Elfman impersonator. I want Danny Elfman as the devil doing Cap Calloway
4: person impersonator. I love Stanley how it takes no convincing that the train of thought to, in order to protect Mona from vampires, you need to kill her. And then he is just on that train of thought the rest of the movie at no point. Does he stop thinking like this makes perfect sense. I'm going to murder you. Freeze. You we will be together forever. But also, you don't, like, talk or do anything. It's
2: perfect. Well, here's the thing. Here's the, the Buckwild thing. So in the middle of the movie, during one of the, like, bonding montages between Mona and Ralph, they go to a uh, an art gallery and see a show by Egon Sheila. And he talks about, like, the scuttlebutt of Egon Sheila. And she's like, wow, it's like you were there. And he's like, ha, yeah, I'm not 104 years old, 104 hundred years old, and I still have a retainer. But, like, like if you're a vampire, have a re- you know, retainer. I don't know why they gave him a retainer. We didn't
4: even get rule of threes with that retainer. The retainer came up twice and it did nothing.
2: It came up technically three times when there was one scene where you could really see it. But if you can count that. But let's go back to e- Egon Sheila. It's a German expressionist. His stuff is really fucking cool. Now, Egon Schiele was a colleague of another German expressionist named Oskar Kokoschka who had a bad breakup and was so pissed off about his breakup that he made a life-size mannequin of his girlfriend that he took to parties using hair that she like that he had collected of hers to dress her head. Now, the connection between this and the preserving the girlfriend and the cryogenic tube, I don't know if that's just something that I'm projecting because I'm that way.
3: No, I'm going to call it canon. This movie is incredibly sophisticated and deep. I think you picked up on it. You found I mean, the hidden theme.
4: Was- this is what they were trying to explore all this time.
3: Well, I was having 30 years of them waiting for someone to pick up on the theme and you did it. More- on the on the like
2: deep cut Oscar Koshka, you got Sheila German expression. I mean, I'm imagining like vampires... Lion from the Mortal
4: Kombat movie, just going like, at one of them understands. <laughs> That's my Christopher Lambert impersonation,
2: apparently. I just whenever I try to do a impersonation of Christopher Lambert, I just try to sound like Ren Hoek. Like you idiot,
1: new king. We take a minute to talk about Boom Boom.
3: Yellowstone. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
3: yep. Yeah, he's played by a pre- professional arm wrestler.
1: Yeah, he's played by I the. I fucking hope so. By Rick Zumwalt, he, who, who was plays great.
4: in Who's in Over the Top, yeah, starring Sylvester Stallone, aka the greatest movie ever made.
1: <laughs> he's Sylvester Stallone's this- rival in his professional arm wrestling movie, Over the Top.
4: I need um, a whole movie of just this vampire mom and her pro wrestler side piece. Well, she
2: also has her, like. Oh, um, <laughs> <a> different boyfriend <laughs> at the I beginning. Heard. She is. Yeah,
4: there is implied bathtub snorkel kind of lingus going on. There is and- hardcore wrestler sex. At one point, she just pulls out a gun and is like, two dollars a I'm off to do gun stuff." With what? the ladies' what? club,
3: it's range night at the ladies' club.
4: Okay, I need. I need. Like a five season new show entirely about Phoebe.
3: Okay, what we do in the shadows, I forget whatever the next season is. I propose they go get Tony and we just, that's the next season of what we do in the shadows. And and she's the same same character. And it's it's the same character, yeah.
2: She has to be the character, just like how What's-His-Face from Blade just became a vampire. Oh, Stephen (laughs)
4: Dorff. Yes, (laughs) yes, (laughs) Stephen Dorff. I will say, just uh, totally off topic, the episode of what we they they do in the Shadows that I'm legitimately really hoping they do is a how Laszlo turned into a vampire origin episode done as a pastiche of Interview with the Vampire. I that would be good. That that's would be my, good. That's my hope for season, I whatever season they're going into. They did do the
2: Dracula, the Bram Stoker's Dracula turning into the rats thing. I mean, they gotta, they can cover their bases.
3: And they did Twilight, like yes. they're they're hitting all the it, big it, it, ones. Dracula Twi- has to be next, <laughs> right? They have to acknowledge their. Well, roots, did we get
2: a little bit of that with, all
4: with the child performing in the Vampire Cup? The maybe have the child, oh, maybe
3: that's your that's the Dracula. I mean i would prefer tony coming back and actually being the, the reference supreme queen of all vampires right the
4: reference aside from them legitimately stealing the story of this movie for their oh my season God. one plot
2: well i feel like t- like maybe that there's some sort of yeah this is tm copyright
4: by the way you gotta buy this from me taika it, um, legi- it legitimately feels like if i was the kind of I'd be like. No one's fucking seeing *Rockula*. No one watched that. We can absolutely steal that plot line. Nobody's right. calling us out on it. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're we're not really calling you out on it either. It's fine. It was great. We love you. What we do in the shadows. I will. I will negotiate sale of this
2: intellectual property idea to taika ytt under certain circumstances uh megamoth on twitter please contact me directly and we can negotiate this idea of tilda swinton and tony basil having like a vampire fight like a vampire dance battle yes Um, and then tony basil kicks tilda swinton's ass and Tilda Swinton is a, is a legend, is incredible. She can play anything as was proven in the film Suspiria. Lauren, I really want to ask you, I, I really want to go back to that moment where you first discovered this film. And I want you to tell us about that moment because this, I, I feel like this is a very important moment for you as it has been a very, it important
3: was for me. So. I, my roommate was applying for grad schools and didn't want the TV on for basically two semesters, which is fair. And so I decided I was going to watch every single free horror movie on Amazon Prime because that was the only streaming service that I had an account for. And I would, I saw a lot of not great movies that were free on Amazon Prime in 2013. And I got... My computer. It was on my computer. It was <laughs> on my little tiny 14-inch laptop. Oh, bless. It's first, <laughs> you know, that animated intro started and I, I just kind of went, oh, okay. And then it was just a joy to watch. And I'm trying not to laugh because my roommate is applying to science schools and I want her to succeed. But also... It's so funny. And the songs get stuck in your head. I'm messaging my friends like on my phone. going, I cannot believe this movie I'm watching. And I probably watched it 12 or 13 times and told some friends about it. And one by one, they like come over, we'd watch it. And it finally got to being five or six of us going into classrooms and projecting this movie onto screens. It, I kind of felt like I had discovered something that no one else seemed to be talking about because none of my friends had heard about it. I didn't find a lot of discussion about it online. When it feels like the energy of a, a Rocky Horror picture show or a Repo the Genetic Opera in terms of it's leaning so hard into what it is. Yes.
4: I, I think this movie should be taught in film class so we can study the, one of the early scenes where the bartender just info dumps Ralphs and about the backstory. <laughs> himself. Yes. Like, and the I mean, bartender. Like, where, where, yeah, where else are you finding that kind of efficient screenwriting? A. <laughs> the bartender's name is Chuck the
2: bartender. B. She is played by Susan Tyrell. Now,
3: Except expert bongo player, Susan yes. Tyrell.
2: And she, I'm pretty sure Chuck the bartender is not a heterosexual of sexual person or not at least supposed to be a header of sexual
1: verse. It seems like no. Yes.
4: yes. I'm going to say no to that. Also, man, they really set up that music audition for that band so fast. They got the mariachi in there. Where did they, they get they all that equipment?
3: All and they, well, they tried well, they, all these they, different they, styles. They clear and there's, no one, there's no one else in the bar. So they just kind of have time to do that. Chuck is only serving her free friends. Yeah.
1: I'm guessing they just raided Phoebe's closet because, you know, she's well, got all clearly, that stuff in there. She oh,
4: 100%. 100%. Costumes did, on costumes. Y'all. Y'all, they clearly took advantage of the amazing deals at Stanley's Death Park. Stanley's <laughs> selling off his old clothes. Too. Yeah, they're buying Stanley's old clothes.
2: I mean, Stanley probably is like his whole house is just made of boxes of like
4: antique this costumes was full of so many moments that just made me go, like, what is happening? Like, during Stanley's commercial, where there's just two people walking in the background of the cemetery, and then they (laughs) high-five. There was a lot of stuff that I did not, like, (laughs) process. Did that happen, or did I just, like, have a fucking hallucination stroke during that scene? Another thing, what we do in the shadows does have a character that they named
2: Rapula, and he was rapping since 1991, Oh,
4: so oh, they know this fucking movie. They've, seen it. They've, they've seen, seen it. they've seen this fucking movie. They hardcore. know. I see you, Tyka We see
2: you. So, if you, Tyka, if you, again, Megamoth on Twitter, if you want to negotiate us not outing I mean, you for having. Okay. And, and I see you. stand this
1: Jermaine Clement. Yeah. Jermaine Tyka, Clemens. sure. This feels like Jermaine Clement all the way. Yeah. This feels yes. like. Well,
4: I love Jermaine Clement in the interviews. Clement. Where he says, like, I love when they ask how, Taika, how did you adapt what we do in the shadows to television? Because the real answer is he called up. He called me up and said, hey, Jermaine, can you do it? <laughs> Bless. Oh, uh, I love what we do in the shadows. It, it's the best. I love it, too. This.
2: Yeah, this this movie is a treat. And Lauren, I feel like I am going to continue your tradition.
3: Before the other oh, people watch yeah. watching. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a pyramid scheme. I sent, I, as I was watching this movie, I sent multiple different, like, chats. <laughs> I was like, you, I sent them to YouTube, because this is on YouTube as well. I sent multiple people, I'm like, bitch, you gotta watch this. Hey, this this is, it, is a movie video.
4: where you show up to a vampire's house, say what's for dinner, and then a leotard-wearing pro wrestler comes out and yells, lean potatoes, who's
3: asking? <laughs> oh, I, I love that scene so much. He's just got so much voice. He's so good
2: in his kilt and his mesh top, his feather boa. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and I, it's I, really I funny not... because with, with Phoebe, they have this range of like big to small, black to white. Like she's, she is a woman of variety and they have <laughs> capped that spectrum on both sides. So you just know that she has been everywhere in between.
3: The dinner party scene is one of my absolute favorites. I I could easily say that about every single scene in this movie. But the dinner party scene is special because Mona is so deeply uncomfortable walking into Ralph's house. Because they've known each other for maybe 72 hours. And he's like, meet my mom. They walk in and Simi just starts talking. Like, immediately starts talking about Mona's past lives. The fact that she hooked up with George Washington. Oh, by the way, Mona, did you know that you were a princess in a past life? Yeah, the king of France was your father. And she's just talking, 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 talking. Drops the fact, oh, this is my son's fiancé, Mona. Mona looks like she's been slapped across the face and is wearing this really great little hat. And then you get pro-arm wrestler boyfriend walking out yelling meat and potatoes with like his whole body. Incredibly. And his name is I, Boom Boom. I love
4: that Mono has the reaction that someone have as if she had just been exposed to the idea that vampires are real. But no, vampires being real has yet to factor into the conversation <laughs> at all. Merely just weird family dinner was enough to get to that level. Yeah. Like, so imagine that level of weirdness. And then, oh, and by the way, we're also vampires. Yeah, I think then, she was
2: already freaked out by the whole situation before, like, the fart bat.
1: Chuck's extent I, to handling this is like, my mom, crazy, huh? What?
4: In the backstory of this movie's world, I'm desperate to know more about the pirate who actually had the rhinestone peg leg. The first, one. the first one. The guy who actually legitimately killed Mona with ham bone. Also, I've never heard the word "ham bone" used so many times in a single fucking movie. I have or in any movie. I in like, the well, I've heard the word "ham bone," and it's just in one episode of Futurama, and that's it.
2: I've heard the word hambone bone" a lot in Weird Al Yankovic parody video "Fat," because he said says it instead of jamon.
4: Okay, yep, quick, that's
3: literally back of a piece of scrap paper, Matt. The the first. G- going off of the established canon in this movie, we know that Ralph met the first Shmo- Mona, Mona One, 308 years prior to 1990, which means that she was killed in Hall- on Halloween of 1682. So somewhere in the history of 1682, we were looking at the, I don't know, cool cool pirate figures of 1682, has to be our peg leg, rhinestone peg leg, wielding, Mona murdering, up and and I really the next think appears season. in the
4: next season of what? Our Flag Meets Death. Yes, yes.
3: every what? single person this seen this movie, that's we're that's all tough. just going to scream. Yeah. yeah, all thirty people who've seen Rockula are going to be like yeah. Donald right.
4: Sutherland so, at the end of fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Your protagonist, that is Dean Cameron who is in Ski School, Ski School 2, and the one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they made fun of the Ski School franchise. Yeah. He's good at being a late 80s schlubby schlub protagonist. He's not a bad
2: looking guy. He is, in and of himself, both Ferris Bueller and
4: Cameron. It's like Scott Bakula channeling Rick Moranis energy. He's like Harry Shearer both being Handsome Dan and being Handsome Dan.
1: You know, like you could just take the entire cast of this movie and transfer them to an episode of Night Court and it would be still perfect.
4: It could still even have the quality of the video on YouTube that I want this full movie from.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: I feel like no, I, I bomb this Away by not watching a VHS.
3: So there is a Blu-ray of it that, ex- that exists because I've met one other human being that's seen this movie and I didn't show it to them. Yeah. And that coworker of mine, Chad's, and I was telling Chaz about this movie. He goes, oh, I've seen that. Did you know there's a Blu-ray of it? And he sent me a link to it. He goes, oh, but it's sold out. And I don't think they're doing another printing of it.
4: Uh, so there is an
3: even higher quality version that exists. Higher than YouTube, higher than Tubi. It's out there. I just right. don't have it. They say you can buy
2: it on Amazon according to Letterboxd.
3: Are there Letterboxd reviews for this? I can be- check. No, you don't want to... Spoil it, but I don't know how you could spoil this movie, because I could say something random in it, and it could be a lie, or it could be true. (laughs) Okay, two truths and a lie, Rockula edition. Only
2: one
4: left in stock order soon. Oh shit, remember, buy physical media, or else David Zaslav will throw your favorite shows into a black hole.
2: Hold up, failed to add an item to the cart, what the fuck? Are we just doing live shopping now? I'm pulling a Justin McElroy and I'm buying it during the podcast. All respect.
4: Fucking pull on <laughs> support. If, in this.
3: When I could not watch it on Amazon Prime, it used to be, I don't know if it's still that way on YouTube, but when I was watching it in college, it was split up into like twelve parts. Jesus. I mean it's on Tubi oh, with the I, with
4: ads. Look, can you really say you've watched a B movie if you didn't watch it back on YouTube when YouTube had 10 minute video limits, and you had to watch it in nine minutes. Like, Rockula Part 2 of 9. Right. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how
2: we watched um, Hellbent?
1: It's a VHS of Rockula for sale on Amazon, right? Well, oh my I gosh. Have
3: just bought the last copy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> I took a little peek on Letterboxd, and someone on October 30th of this year wrote, Bizarro MTV land teen virginity fantasy, but also kind of a lesson about the importance of bravery in love.
4: Also a movie where I feel like they went really far out of their way to write the line. That was my mother. You just boned.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This movie
2: is
4: full of high school. That was real torture.
3: You mean all of Dracula? Yeah. Yeah yeah
2: i mean this is like good tor- like this is like cake like this is like good torture like this is the kind of torture that you have. like what, pe- what some people will- would call torture and
4: you would be this is like torture that oh, comes yeah. with a safe word yeah and that's it and that safe word is werewolf roar sound effect
3: did you have a favorite song in the movies i feel like my favorite song changes every time i've seen this movie which again is an embarrassing number of times definitely in, tony basil's big number Oh yeah, no her
2: number about where she does and she has the bat tits. Like yeah, I think that's that's my favorite. And jumps on the piano.
4: Yeah, yes. like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it's just perfection.
2: Let me go through my notes.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely that one for me too.
2: Yeah, yeah, and least favorite. I'm gonna have to just to say like the rapula is painful. In it it makes go ninja go ninja go seem like this is America. Like it's so bad. Yeah. Like, I feel like with Don Ninja Go Ninja Go, I'm like, yeah. Yeah,
4: those ninjas should go. Yeah. Ninja.
2: ninja Rap is born. I should sure.
4: That movie is an important lesson about the dangers of being a super soldier under poorly built peers. Yeah. And don't eat shit that you know where it, don't know where it came from. I know we shit on a lot of superhero movie act three endings now, and I know this is really off topic, but I'm like, man. It used to be just like a rat puppet threw you out threw the villain off a roof, and that was the end of the movie. That was the first movie? Hello? That was the first movie.
2: Yeah, the second movie ended with the peer. hmm The third movie
1: Nobody remembers how it The third movie ends.
4: ended the movie series. Ha 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 zinged ya. Okay. Can I Teenage can Ninja, Ninja I read Turtles this thing? 3?
3: Yes.
2: Okay, so Lauren has just shared with us um one of these litterbox reviews of this film rock you low caitlin this goes out to you three and a half stars watched by caitlin 27th october caitlin 2022 spelled with a
4: k and a y
2: yeah so bless you caitlin um No, don't know
4: why but that adds character to me
2: i don't care if tony basil is your vampire mother or that susan tyrell is your trusty emotional support bartender i don't care that thomas dolby wants you dead or that the Bo Diddley soundtracks your laments with smooth blues licks it all should have happened to me, Ralph. What a name! In bat form, was a shock and frozen. And frozen Dolby looked like Cheney and Phantom Th- shudders. The songs are geeky as fuck, but this
4: movie is packaged
2: so sincerely
4: that you can't help but fall
2: for it. Mm, that Masha
4: felt good. I mean, I will say for that review, I don't know about all of y'all, but the sentiment of. I want Tony Basil to be my vampire mommy.
3: I feel like she probably gives really excellent pep talks. Like, you've had her a rough day at, I don't know, being an embarrassment to vampire kind. And she's probably pretty encouraging and then skips off to book club where they're going to stab people afterwards, probably. She is the, like, proto what we
2: do in the shadows Nadia. Like, she is Nadia. Like, I think it's just, like, the testament to her quality is that after she has murdered her son's girlfriend over and over again, and he has finally built up the gumption to stand up for her, that's when she's like, okay. And her son is like, I forgive you for murdering my girlfriend over and over again.
4: Yeah, I feel like the person who was murdered 15 times should have a say in whether or not she forgives the person who arranged her murder. 15, but she doesn't remember being 14, murdered. 14 and a half.
3: Except for the parts where she does. And she pushed her- I let that music yeah. box feel vaguely familiar, but that was when I was the princess of France, And I didn't yeah. know about that until an hour ago. So she I was Marie Antoinette. Do you
4: remember the 1920s? I mean, unless she... Uh- Unless they're this just... is a version of history where Marie Antoinette was beaten to death with a hand bone by a pirate instead of the guillotine. We the don't French know. Revolution. The French Revolution. That's a, movie, that's a movie I also want to see. Like, How different, different.
3: is historical canon in the Roculaverse? Listen,
2: <laughs> she's up there at the guillotine, and they're like, hold on, we got a special guy for you. And he's he so good, he has, like, sharpened that ham bone. To become a sword and then he cuts her head off with it. And no one talks about it because it was too far away. Yeah. And you know, like everybody was watching it was like, I can't see over everyone's hat. And then like the record keepers were all paid except for the one secret Dead Sea scroll of Marie Antoinette's death that the creators of Rockula found. It was handed
3: to them by Phoebe like, herself. Dead sea Scrolls. Tell my you,
4: story. You, you thought I wasn't going to notice you fucking sneaking an Evangelion reference into the this
2: The Scrolls ha- exist outside of Evangelion, Ben. I know, but... You ben, made it about Evangelion.
3: I, I do want to say that my, my my songs from this are in, indeed... deniability. Woo! <gasps> are indeed the after-dinner song, Stanley's Death Park. And also, Turn Me Loose, which is the song
1: with all the monkey noise. Moments. It seemed like a real song. Right? Like,
3: I mean, that, that
4: and also feel like, this feels like a power ballad that did not chart very high in 1989.
3: I, and I, I felt are. like a machine to make Tawny, who <laughs> plays Mona, into a pop star. Except then the movie didn't happen at the level they wanted it to. Do. Yeah, it was like they were trying to do a real-life Wayne's World
2: with Tawny, but then like Mr. Biggs was not there. I get,
4: I'm really trying to figure out, 90s. and by really try, I mean not actually try very hard at all, to figure out the exact moment when reality becomes a music video they're filming and produced in unknown amount of time, but apparently less than two weeks.
3: Well, when they're like
2: under the awning and they're like, well, the rain's letting up. And then there's this really long pause that is not good. It is not pregnant with anything. It is barren. This is a barren pause in this film where she is like, so and he and then he just leaves. And then they have to find each other through a duet where they wander through a homeless or, you know, like a camp full of barrel fires and homeless children little like wastrels hoping probably abandoned by their parents or something i don't know is like, that
3: where she gets the kids to dance behind her do you think are they the same children i yes they are the same children i believe those children are actually
2: actors because that is it is re- revealed it is a music video and it is not not correct it is not real but then yeah like he gets hit by a car and he's singing while his face is smushed against the windshield and then they End up right back where they started, and I and just as I was like, "What the fuck was the point of that?" That's when it pans out and is like, "This is a music video now," and that's where I'm like, "Movie, I swear to fucking god,
1: <laughs> yes. I am
2: about to punch you." And then it's, it's like, like Thomas Dolby does the Dead Park, and I'm like, "You got me, you got me back, god yeah. damn it!"
3: Oh, the guy whose name I had to figure it out, but the fourth friend, oh, is. Roadie. That is hmm. his name? That is his name. So I saw
2: him credited, but I'm like, that can't be it, because he's gotta be a named character because he's up there with Bo Diddley and Susan Tyrell, but he's just some asshole. I, mean, I don't Bo know. Bo
4: exactly exactly. for this movie. What Clock. What, what is, is Bo Diddley doing
1: here? Like yeah. He wasn't there. He was yeah. just around.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you wanna just play a sad soundtrack while we talk about how many times this guy's girlfriend has died?
4: Like, is it, I'm trying to think if Bo Diddley is just like a big fan of New Wave and like that's what got him in. Like, yeah, like maybe if-
2: him and Thomas Dolby were just like
4: buddies and Thomas
2: Dolby's like, hey, I just need your, your moral support. So is this going be feminist?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, let's, let's, hold on. Let's get all the other stuff away. Oh he yeah. nothing see- interesting to say about physical disability or mental illness. There's n- nothing good to say about social justice. Mm. rapula
4: it has
2: rapula,
1: oh, oh, rap-ula. I his
2: name was fucking rockula they're like
4: we're, there's no reason to have that's, rapula in here he other switches than have the, a bad rap song he switches the branding depending on what genre he's in he's like he's, the trader, kinda, he's some like some the kind trader joe's ethnic food section it Really? It was, yeah i mean like that's what
2: he's doing and then it's also like eminem but
1: it has nothing good to say about class
4: like, if he had gotten the Mariachi characters. band, it would have been Mariacula.
1: Yeah, that's actually pretty good. There's a couple of characters that feel queer, but does not meaningly engaged with that in any way. But is this a movie feminist? Is yes. this,
3: uh,
2: this a <laughs> movie?
1: This is? movie is?
2: But is it a movie? Um, I So I think Mama Phoebe Vampire is, feminist is pretty icon. feminist. Yeah. yeah yeah even though I think that her her like empowerment is almost like a little too much she played for laughs, but i it just even if it was intended to be played for laughs, it comes off as just totally like, I, like embraces it and i yeah.
3: i I believe it, even if it's meant for me to laugh at. I am fully on board, and i I yeah, believe in Phoebe
4: yeah, if her empowerment is meant to be a joke, then we are falling for the satire gap because she is so empowered that even if it's supposed to be a joke it comes
1: all the way back around to her just being even more empowered it's, it's very this is the future the liberals want it's, yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's oh, that boom boom making you
3: mean potatoes while you dance on the piano hell yeah hell
2: yeah hey, i got boom boom downstairs
4: this is the adams family
1: reboot
2: and that's it's, not and that's not a, a reference to brett brett is smart and
4: strong ah
1: who says Boom Boom's that smart? Yeah, Boom Boom. Boom
4: Boom is smart enough to worship the ground that Tony Basil walks on. My bad.
3: Boom My Boom, boom. is an immaculate host. Okay, you know what? what? My bad. I just... I uh, slaved away in that kitchen. You know so awkward it is cooking in someone else's kitchen? It's yes. like everything's in a weird place. Boom Boom showed at, like, and made dinner appear.
4: I think he's been around in the kitchen for a while. I mean, a sparkly leotard and a kilt. You know, honestly, and I think he's incredible. I just didn't
2: want anyone <laughs> to think that I call Brett Boom, boom. That's, <laughs> That's actually funny. Brett. So, oh.
1: Oh. Brett Boom Boom Groening. <laughs> call him. Call, I mean, oh. please,
2: Brett. You, you call him the Hangman. I mean, anyway. Okay, so um,
1: I, the other half of this, the whole the whole subplot of. Mo- dying tw- every 22 years and being reincarnated and him needing to save her not particularly feminist no No, she no. is
3: being killed by
2: his awesome mom every time so and, and I mean, that that's is maybe, kind of
1: that is maybe the most damning part is that his mom is actually like has some yeah but she does it for
2: it's like attachment issues, but it's also a rite of passage where she's like, "You have proven yourself that you're enough, you know, that you can stick up for what you love, that,
1: that you're not made a loser up, who needs self- like,
4: you, know, you, you have proven that after four hundred years, you are no longer a loser who needs, needs to live with your mother. And he doesn't embrace his
2: toxically masculine reflection. He just lives no, he
3: completely re- like it's it's somewhere
2: else, completely separate yeah. from him it does come alive and become elvis and and
4: talk and sing about his dick that but, like, is wild though that the primary actor that dean cameron interacts with is dean cameron like the scene partner he spends more scenes with than any other is himself in this bizarre misogynistic reflection bit that runs the entire film <laughs> They never let let go of the reflection bit. It's
1: wild. I kind of love the reflection bit. I kind of love, like, the way it's played is, like, the reflection is the shitty dude. I don't know, half of him, reflection of him, he's the opposite of him, something. that's like taking him on to make something of himself.
2: It's like if Ferris Bueller, like, if Cameron was like, fuck you, Ferris, and then, like, kicked him out.
4: Oh, so this is if Ferris is just a figment of Cameron's imagination. (laughs) Is but, he? I, but in actual, but like actually just the like. Do you know that, that Ferris
2: bad? Bueller exists and he's not just fucking Cameron's Tyler Durden? Again,
4: I, wa- I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I wrote a fucking middle grade novel, mostly based off of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I went through my notes of things I wanted to keep okay. and not keep. And what I crossed my notes was maybe our protagonist isn't a, quad- a quasi magical sociopath. Yes, Ed Trump trope is tired by now, I suppose.
1: <laughs> I do have to ask, is, is saving your reincarnated girlfriend from your vampire mother, like the vampire equivalent of Bar Mitzvah, like that's, that's when you've passed your right into manhood?
3: See, we, because we only see two vampires this entire movie, like this could be happening all over the world. Yeah, In the Rockulaverse. Oh, yeah. It's, isn't this a level
2: in Resident Evil Village? <laughs> I'm not very familiar with that game. To be honest, all I know is that Vampire Lady B, pretty. That's it. That it'd also be sent of my
4: knowledge. When, <laughs> yeah. when are I we getting that? When, man, now when are we getting that one? I need the Resident Evil movie where it's just Gwendolyn Christie as the main villain. <laughs> For real, though.
1: That movie would never be what anybody wants it to be. No! It's true.
4: No, it <laughs> wouldn't be. Because every Resident Evil movie is a goddamn puzzle box of film-shittery nonsense. Maybe they can come all the way around.
1: So here's the big question, guys. And I feel like I know the answer to this. Do we feel like this is worth people saying? Should they see? Oh, absolutely. Else? Yes.
2: hundred percent. Go Enjoy yes. the Rockulow pyramid God. scheme. Yes. Uh, be, yes, Be one of those people that gets those jokes on, on what we do
4: in
3: the get shadows. Get your
2: friends
4: together. Get real drunk and just fucking go for it. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> by, that, by that, Ben means watch the movie.
2: If you can't handle it in my Rockula, you don't deserve me at my Interview with the Vampire. All right. Which, by the
4: way, is, uh, is the best show right now. Interview with the Vampire on AMC. It yet. It's amazing. It's everything. If you are at any point in your life where you feel you are tired of vampires and vampire stories, watch the new Interview with the Vampire. It will dissuade you of such notions real
1: fucking
4: quick.
2: Is that your is that your re- recommendation, Ben?
4: No, my recommendation if you like this movie is watch the Werewolf Bar Mitzvah video from 30 Rock on Loop. Oh
1: boys becoming men. Men becoming I See, I see all of these things
3: online that talk about this being a cult movie, but I feel like every other cult movie in existence, I've met multiple people who have seen it. Yeah. And where is my cult? Like, I wa- are you guys doing midnight showings? I wanna tell
2: them. are, are making it. This is how you spread. <laughs> I, you are making it. I, I I'm
3: shaving my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some sneakers In
1: and it. like
3: I everything she wears, every I'm like, man, I could I could just wear that and people would think I was fun and eccentric. And eventually someone would say, I'm sorry, is that an outfit from Rocula? We just have to go to. We'll go to
2: conventions together. One of us will wear the outfit, and the other person will be like, "Whoa, though, And then we'll have like a, we'll have like a secret, you know, and then see if anybody else notices. Because then no, er, no one else is going to remember the movie until, unless they like hear the name. Because yeah, all going to think it's everyone who's seen this movie is probably just going to dismiss it as a fever dream. Um, what if keeps wearing, <laughs> rhinestone,
1: uh, wearing rhinestone, of wearing rhinestone piglet.
2: What if we kiss? Actually, they almost kiss that scene where they all, like, they try to run each other through with the rhinestone peg leg and the very, very fake Halloween spirit ham bone.
3: As I was explaining to this movie, people in college, like, I would hit them with that Oh, So every 22 years, his girlfriend dies because a pirate with a rhinestone peg leg hits her with a ham bone. And one of my friends looks at me and goes, but he's got, why didn't he just kick her with the peg? like that's already attached to him. Where is this hand bone? And I would love an answer for that. I, I would love an extended rockula burst of some sort.
4: I know this movie, at least this plot line, isn't feminist because a setup where you just keep being immortal and your girlfriend never gets older than 22 just sounds like the perfect scenario for Leonardo DiCaprio. You're all right, folks. Uh, I got him. I got him with the Zika got him enjoy your millions oh dicaprio
1: <laughs> <laughs> you sucker
4: um, okay
1: so with all that in mind we definitely recommend it what else would we recommend people check out this week do you have something you want to recommend
3: it's it is it really does it have to be related to rafkula because it's anything it, it can have, be like... it
1: can be something completely different
3: okay I recently rewatched the first season of Scream Queens on Fox. I say that because there's a second show called Scream Queens that was on VH1, which is also good, but it's reality TV. So cool. actually, you know what? I recommend both versions of Scream Queens. If you want sorority girls trying to solve a murder while Jamie Lee Curtis is just a total badass, that's one Scream Queens. Or if you want Shawnee Smith hosting a reality TV show, where a bunch of actresses are buying for a role in Saw, also highly recommended, and that one's on YouTube, and it's from, like, 2007, maybe?
2: You're selling the hell out of these, because at first yeah. I was like, no, and then you said Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, like, you're you're highlighting everything that I would pick up here. This is why you're the cult leader of the <laughs> rock.
3: Yeah. So, Scream Queens is I'm going to Abigail Breslin, Billy Lord, Ariana Grande, oh my gosh, that girl from Glee whose name I'm blanking on entirely, Dega Boneta, Jamie Lee Lea Curtis. Michelle. Yeah, Leah Michelle, thank you. I do no. not watch Glee and She's the funny girl and Glenn Powell and it, they're all at a college campus, they're all really terrible and a masked murderer is killing them all. And some people are trying to solve that mystery. And Jamie Lee Curtis is the dean of the college who doesn't really seem that concerned that these people are dying because she doesn't like them. And it is pretty open about how much she doesn't like these people. That sounds very on brand for Jamie Lee Curtis. And I love it. And she does some cool fight scenes. Nice. Solid. So, yeah, that's what I would recommend.
1: Emily, what you got?
3: Gosh, there's so much there's so much I can recommend. We've
2: mentioned a lot of things. You know what? I think what I'm going to I'm going to decide on is someone who I've talked about a couple times. There is the the once polygon personality, now YouTube musician Brian David Gilbert, who has done a series of music videos that are versions of disco songs sung by vampires and werewolves. Check out his ABBA series. Felt like Ah, uh, buh, like bunch of A's with a an H and then B. I found it. There's an exclamation point. Yes. And his most recent installment, BDGs, he be BGs, where he sings stay on alive as a vampire and tragedy as a werewolf. And this is basically the, like, the TikTok energy of this movie and all of its songs updated to the millennium. This was a gift. Thank you. I know Welcome. what I'm doing. You're welcome. Um his his uh video for Layer All Your Blood on Me, uh, which is the uh the uh, vampire one, is also a really great spin on anything can happen on Halloween from The Worst Witch, as he is close, uh-huh. made up, and singing in front of a lot of really weird, campy backgrounds. So, you know, there's a lot of love and a lot of references to things that we love in here. And yeah, so. Check those out. That's on his YouTube, Brian David Gilbert. He's also on Patreon and stuff. And uh, he works with his partner, Karen Hahn. And it's some awesome content. So check that out.
1: Awesome. Ben, you said werewolf are firm. It's, uh, anything else you wanted to add to that? Or...
4: <laughs> I mean, again, if you want incredible, like top tier prestige television quality vampire story, AMC's new interview with the vampire is legitimately one of, if not like, Hell, if it's not the best show of the year, it's only because fucking Severance and Sandman also came out this year. Oh yeah, Uh, oh yeah. And again, if you want something that captures the tone of this movie, I really got to go with Werewolf Bar Mitzvah for an hour.
2: That yeah, that's about it. That's about right. (laughs) All right,
1: what I want to recommend this week is a movie I watched on Shudder earlier this week. As I was going through Scary Movie Month, I was trying to like watch the movies. I had a list. The Rotten Tomatoes put together of like Tomato Meter, the best horror movies of the year that i had been going through. And towards the end of the month, Sissy just like jumped past all the other movies up to the as it was getting reviewed. I was like, huh, this one must be good. I, I should get around to checking that out. I checked it out this week. So Sissy is, it's hard to describe what it's about without giving too much of it away, but it's about a uh, a girl who's a sort of YouTube Instagram influencer who like a lot of posts about videos about mindfulness and just like relaxing and meditating and like really you know being at peace with yourself and all this stuff and is is really sort of obsessed with people liking her personality online and all this stuff and she happens to bump into an old friend from elementary school she has not seen in a long time and gets invited along to her hen's weekend this is an australian movie So she gets invited along to this sort of party that her and her also female fiancé are having the weekend before their wedding. And it turns out that one of the other people that's invited to this wedding is the reason that the two of them were no longer friends anymore and hates Cecilia's guts. And it's unclear exactly why, other than she has a horrible scar on the side of her face that's somehow related to Cecilia. And so like it it immediately gets very tense while she's trying to like maintain her zen calm this girl is like trying to call her out and make her life miserable and it takes a few wild turns it's both scary in some parts but incredibly funny it's it is not a movie that you're, you have any idea what's coming and i enjoyed the hell out of it so you know in the in the subject of horror comedies and one that came out in 2022 so it's less 1990 and this one it's definitely worth checking out so Even if you're not a big, like, scary movie person, it's definitely one you'll have fun with. Um, Thank
2: you, Jeremy. I was mostly, I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I have to confess that I was very distracted by this link that Lauren has shared. (laughs) This article about how the Velma looking person, the Edith Head looking person in this movie is the actress is, uh, Nancy Ferguson. Was the wife of the frontman
4: of Devo, which just... Who did the entire New Wave music community make a vampire movie? Wait,
3: but then she had her own band. Then she had her own band with his brother and those children from the movie.
2: Yes. So those kids from the movie
4: are the children of Devo? Children of Devo sounds like the name of a band all on its own. The band is called Visiting Kids. I... Devo also sounds like the name of an Isaac Asimov book.
2: That's what I'm going to call my memoir, Children of Devo. It's going to be about all my influence on my students and how, whenever they try to bring someone, like if they bring a partner to introduce me to, I do a floor show about being a vampire. And then, and, you know, if they pass but that, do that test. for everybody. Only use this most special, Jeremy. <laughs> That outfit is hard to get into. Although I will say, like Tony Basil, I still can fit into the clothes I wore. I was a teenager. However, they wore XL Ninish Nails shirts. So
1: it was specific.
2: I was not a teen, or I was not a cheerleader. Surprising. I know.
0: I wasn't either. I still can't jump.
1: Lauren, if they can't find you cheerleading, where else can people find you online if they want to (laughs) learn more about you and what you do? so I see a bunch of
3: photos of my cats. You can follow me on Twitter, which is at H-I-T-Z-H-U-S-E-N, Lauren, H i t z h u s e n l a u r e n, and and that's kind of where I am mostly. I talk about my work. I am a senior editor for the young adult imprint at Mad Cave Studios, which is called Maverick, which was also the name of my high school mascot. And you, yeah, I post a lot about things that I'm watching. Post a lot of pictures of my cat. And so that I've made a lot of, a lot of conversations about the five tabletop role playing games I'm in. It's what social media
2: is for. Yeah. Seriously. Use it for what it should be used for. Pictures of cats talking about your games and looking at your food. I don't care what anyone says.
3: You know, I, I have a, I have a small, I have a small reach and they all deserve to see my cats. All of them. Awesome. All of them. I just want to, I thank you guys so much for having me on and for watching. Rockula, because this movie means a lot to me. Thank um, mm. you. Thank you for bringing this movie
2: to us. I am forever changed.
1: This movie changed. is a July. Yes. Yeah, I and will I, be
2: spreading the gospel of Rockula.
1: It is something I would so much rather be thinking about. People won't be listening to it under the same circumstances, but we're recording this during the like votes coming in on election. I would so <laughs> much rather be <laughs> thinking about this than that.
3: I... You know, I, I want to know what's going on, but I'm in this bubble. of I get to talk about the vampire music movie. It's not a musical. It's actually like a dozen music videos held together with kind of a plot. The music is diegetic or non-diegetic.
1: I forget which is which, but it's one of them. I mean, I think it's diegetic, but it is still like part of the plot. It's just part of the movie. Like, it's actually happening in the movie, but it's not singing as part of the plot, except for maybe the music video that starts from, like, a normal scene. It doesn't do a music. Anyway, as for the rest of us, you can find Emily at Megamoth on Twitter and at Mega underscore Moth on Instagram and at Megamoth.net. Ben is on Twitter at Ben the Con and on their website at BenKindComics.com. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JROAM58 and on my website at JeremyWhitley.com. And of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified, our website at Progressively and on Twitter at Prague Horror Pod, where we'd love to hear from you. And speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love for you to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. To five stars helps us to a larger audience and recommended to more people. And thanks again to Lauren for joining us. This was really a ball. Thanks for introducing us to this, to our, our new cult. The
2: yes. new cult movie.
1: All Hail. Yes. All
2: Hail the rockula
1: and thanks to ben and emily thanks to all of you for listening and until next time he's the dj i'm the vampire
0: speaking of djs though progressively horrified is a podcast created by jeremy whitley and produced by alicia whitley this episode featured jeremy ben emily and lauren all opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and do not represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers nor do they represent the employers institutions or publishers of the commentators our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Kool M6 and was provided royalty free from Pixabay. And if you like this episode, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Prod Horror Pod or by email at progressively at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.